0: Shut up, and sit
1: down. Welcome to another episode of the Super Movie Studies Podcast, a show about comic book movies approached from every angle, and a community of nerds discussing how fiction relates to non-fiction. I'm your comic book culture host, Michael
2: Maurer, joined by the movie maestro... James Schuyler-Hutzman. And the Scientific Scholar, Ben Anderson. SMSP is your premier movie discussion podcast. Every week, we continue our journey exploring our favorite subject, superhero movies. Every fan sees the movies differently, so we gather some amateur experts to discuss certain aspects of the movie.
3: Whether it's money, comic books, music, science, or sweet Christmas, SMSP talks about it all in this week's episode.
0: Domingo Cologne! I'm guessing that's you. I guess you guys haven't heard about me, have you? I'm about sick of always having to buy new clothes.
3: Luke Cage. And yes, there will be spoilers. Marvel's Luke Cage. Oh, we mustn't forget the branding. The branding! Oh yes. hmm The brand. Branding is your god
1: now. <laughs> My brand. My brand. <laughs> okay, let's get some first opinions down on this. The get down on this
2: hey because i didn't finish watching the show you want to start with me right of course (laughs) yeah i got i enjoyed this show well enough uh i felt that after and yes there will be spoilers after they kill off cottonmouth it loses one of its more interesting villains and who definitely had the potential to be the most interesting villain and a lot of its narrative drive and so I just started watching The Get Down instead, because it's also about being poor and black and in New York City, but it's also technically a musical. The show is a musical? Have you seen The Get Down? No, but is it like Gallivant? It is a musical. Have you seen Gallivant? It's not like Glee.
1: Well, Glee is- I have not
2: seen Gallivant. The only TV show musical I can compare it to is Glee. Glee is- it's
1: not really a TV show musical, because it's pop songs, and right. it doesn't really intercede with the- the plot at all
2: right and i guess this is kind of like glee in that it's all disco and is related to the plot but okay it's not like gallivant where it's
1: completely original no okay gallivant is an actual musical show and if you haven't watched gallivant yet ladies and gentlemen and you enjoy show tunes put that shit
2: on your queue if you enjoy disco and gangsters doing badass gangster shit watch the get down or and like the first half of Luke Cage. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's there's nothing else you want to say. Nothing. Some some some
2: writing. Some of the the the, the setups. I personally. Yeah, it was it was good. It was it was entertaining. And, but then it lost its momentum. Okay. Popcorn. Someone. You get to pick. Michael.
1: Okay, uh Luke Cage was a uh, uh definitely had its ups and downs. It's not the full throttle action packed tension that was Jessica Jones, the psychological thrill of that entire show, nor was it the choreographed amazing fight scenes of Daredevil uh, but it also it's really comparative to how Daredevil season two came out where there were certainly some high points where certain characters lined up correctly and you went, yeah, give me more of that. And there were some low points where you go, okay, you are just padding time by just talking very slow because you need to fill 45 minutes without commercial breaks. There was definitely a lot of that in the show, but they picked it up by supplementing that with some nice uh, some nice tracks. They had a good sort of setup going where they sort of interplayed uh, different performers at the club with what's going on in the show. And there were times that worked, and there were times where it was kind of a bit ex- excessive. Um, but I got to say, I really enjoyed the show moving forward. I really enjoyed the um, – I did like when Cottonmouth did leave because it sort of left a void – of now we have a bunch of different villains who are all sort of nature doesn't like a vacuum or whatever that line is abhors abhors a vacuum. Abhors. Um, so it kind of and it didn't feel like any of them were really any stronger than the other. They were making team ups. I did not like Diamondback at all. Um, <laughs> I thought he was super lame the whole way through uh especially that moment at the end of episode 12 where he sort of walks into the barbershop, souped up and they go full comic book for like a good 40 minutes in the next episode and you're like son of a bitch, fuck that cuz i literally laughed out loud and said fuck you to the show when he came in in his stupid super villain suit like are we Such supposed to suit are we supposed to take this shit seriously? fuck you dumb. Um, <laughs> you had such a great grounded villain, and then you throw this shit at us, uh, and then it kind of got picked up back when you saw like Ma- Mariah Dillard and Shades team up, and you're like, okay, good, we're back to the real like political corruption mixed with gangster. The badass
2: gangsters doing the badass gangster shit.
1: Yeah, but like when the fact that like a political entity becomes a kingpin at the same time in Harlem, so which is King King King.
2: exactly what happens in the Get Down. I guess. I'm just I'm just saying Luke Cage is a worse version of The Get Down. Possibly. <sighs> it really isn't. <laughs> They're so different.
3: <laughs> All right, popcorn Skylar. All right. Uh Luke Cage is uh solid in my book. Um it's got really great characterization throughout. I like most of the leads. I think Cottonmouth is a great villain as we've uh, mentioned. I think the strength that keeps it, you know, in its own sphere is how it focuses on a Community and how this uh, you know character through his own arc builds himself back up and also you know becomes a figure in the community. I think it was a huge mistake in how they handled exiting Cottonmouth, um, particularly because yes, Diamondback is just the worst, uh, and feels like the whole second half of the series just kind of flounders around until they get to the stupid. Um, battle at the end, still some good moments, but uh, it just doesn't pick it up after that. And it was already a pretty slow show to begin with. So
1: (laughs) it was definitely a slow show. I do like, I want to, I want to put negative harshness on the second half of the season, but that's when method man comes in and does his sick rap. And I just like, that was like the high point of almost the entire series for me, because I thought that was just so perfectly placed and just way to go, Method Man.
3: <laughs> well, it's weird because that's like the one musical point with the exception of the finale. Whereas if you look at the first seven episodes, there's like one every episode and they're all great. Almost all of them are great. <laughs> nah,
1: there's nah. a part where he's like raiding all of Cotton Mouse drug houses that goes on for like 15 <laughs> minutes. And you're like, okay, let's move on. How long
3: is this Wait. fucking song? You don't like silly Charles Bradley up there shimmying. If you ain't gonna do me right, boom, boom, Bum, boom, 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 I might just do you in.
2: <laughs> uh, that is a good song. I could listen to it for 15 minutes. I, well, it's intercut, and there's just a
1: lot of the. What was, what I think was big missing in my book that didn't actually appear until almost the second season, second half again, was in Jessica Jones, Luke Cage really pulled me in because he was just so aware of how nothing could hurt him and he's just so casually picked up people as if they were an afterthought and set them aside in the first half of of the season it looks like he's struggling to beat up people and they're like that's not the Luke Cage I fell in love with cuz that's just another super like strong hero beating up bad guys whatever but the complete casual throwaway of him like, dude, you know I'm way stronger than you, right? What have you got against me? And then they bring in things to bring against him, and that's fine. But when normal dudes just go up against him and he makes those lines of like, seriously, how many times do I got to keep buying new clothes? This is bullshit. You guys know that I'm bulletproof. Stop trying this. <laughs> those are the the moments that I thought were like the best things they should have drove and taken away because they were the be- best charm.
3: And hey, you like me some slap food?
1: Okay, let's move on to uh, the comic books right past any sort of ratings or anything like that. Oh, we, as We, we don't all have know, them. Yeah, as always, Netflix. What I mean, it was a success. Um, in terms of, like, word of mouth, all I know is I heard a lot about Daredevil Season 1 when it came out. I heard a lot about Jessica Jones, like, three months after it came out. I didn't hear anything about people's reactions to Daredevil Season 2 outside of the fanboys initial explosion, and Luke Cage has just been sort of, like, slow. People sort of pick it up here and there. Nobody's really finished it. (laughs) That's
2: just what I hear.
1: Yeah, That's just among my friend group, which is very limited. I'm sure there's a complete different demographic out there that loves this show or despises it. We are three white dudes talking about Harlem's greatest hero, but in all fairness, it, he was made yeah. by two white dudes. So,
2: right, well, not two, most... out of, two out of three ain't bad.
3: <laughs> there we go.
2: Actually, he was made by three white dudes. I forgot about John Ramita Senior. Anyway, speaking of oh. white people speaking unfairly about black people, the other day in class, uh, I was writing at the whiteboard and the pen was dead, so I threw it across the room into the trash bin. Only I missed. Mm-hmm. So I ironically said Kobe. <laughs> and people laughed at me and i was like hey you know what he retired <laughs> so you tell me who's the better basketball player me or the guy who's not even playing quitters never win am i right <laughs> i guess so that's that's not entirely fair to kobe cuz i'm sure <laughs> if we went one on one he would destroy me what's well we would hope <laughs> <laughs> probably yeah <laughs> Uh, some comic book characters to talk about in Luke
1: Cage. Let's start rattling these off, because I got a whole season's worth to hit. I'm breezing past a couple of the minor characters, such as Scarf and Rackham. Uh, let's move to the big ones, such as Mariah Dillard. Scarf and Rackham, I hardly know of. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're moving on. Uh Mariah Dillard premiered in Luke Cage, Hero for Hire, number five, nineteen seventy three 1973, George Tusca and Steve Engelhart, gang leader of the Rat Pack. The gang called the, the Rat Pack. Sammy Davis Jr. No, oh. no, not Sammy Davis Jr. and Michael Hall. No, that's oh that is a different rat pack. Yeah, there's two rat packs. There's two rat packs. <laughs> um She started out running a con using fake ambulances to pick up fresh bodies and stealing whatever they had on them before she moved up to Drug Lord, where eventually Luke Cage and Iron Fist took her down. That's almost all you have to know about Mariah Dillard. Not a political constant and not related in any way to Cottonmouth.
3: So, what's her nickname? It's Black Mariah.
1: Oh, okay.
3: That's... Interesting.
1: <laughs> I didn't. Thank you for that tidbit. I was cruising through these because I don't, like I said earlier, listeners, I don't have internet for like the next nine months. So um, the research and is limited.
3: The only image I've seen of this character is a issue of uh, Power Man and Iron Fist. Um, she's a very <clears throat> uh, robust woman who is literally just sitting on Luke Cage.
1: Female, Fat Albert. Uh, yeah. Moving on to Hernan, sure, her, 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 her Hernan, 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 Hernan Shades Alvarez. Premiered in Luke Cage, Here for Hire, Number no. One. Archie Goodwin, George Tuska, 1972. Grew up rolling in the same street gang as Carl Lucas and Willis Stryker, called the Rivals. Shades acts cut up with him, and he did a stint in prison under the abuse of corrupt prison guard. Billy Bob Rackham. Out of prison, he became hired muscle for different gang bosses. Shades eventually got, got, uh, gets a visor that lets him shoot ray beams like Cyclops. After a few tussles with Luke Cage, Hernan eventually goes straight and becomes a community organizer, as well as fathering a son, Victor, who would become the next Power Man before tragically dying when a building collapsed. On him. Not Victor. I realize I messed up my pronouns there. Uh It falls on Hernan, and Victor lives to become the next Power Man.
2: Okay, that makes sense. I was like, Power Man would not die from a building falling on
1: him. <laughs> As we have seen. And it's kind of confusing how Victor Alvarez gets his powers. It's like a mixture of weird shit and chi. Um, next character, Cornell Cottonmouth Stokes, Power Man number 19. Len Wein... George Tuska, 1974. A drug lord kingpin in the city of New York. Who is it nowadays? Con hmm. Mountain possesses super strength to rival Luke Cage. <laughs> sharpened teeth and jaw strength. Uh, uh, he also has sharpened teeth and a jaw strength powerful enough to break through Cage's skin. The drugs used to frame Cage when he was first sent to prison were stolen from Cotton Mouse Supply which led to Luke infiltrating his gang in order to learn more about his frame-up and take out Stokes from within, which he did, and also did.
2: So, Good for him. Yeah, I guess. He did it.
1: Now we're on to Mercedes Misty Knight. Premiered in Marvel Premiere, number 21, Tony Isabella and Avril Jones, 1975. Noticing the decade here, or at least the two-year span of all of Marvel's black characters from Harlem? Mm. Misty's career as an NYPD officer is cut short when a bombing forces the amputation of her right arm. She was gifted a new bionic arm by Tony Stark and started a path as a roaming vigilante, pairing up with various Marvel heroes before meeting her soon-to-be longtime partner, Colleen Wing, in Hong Kong. They founded a detective agency called Nightwing Restorations LTD in New York, which would frequently team up with Power Man and Iron Fist's Hero for Hire agency on various cases. In fact, Her and Danny Rand, Iron Fist, maintain a constant on-again-off-again relationship as the perils of being an NYC crime fighter bring them both together and apart. Currently, she is in a relationship with Sam Wilson, helping him cope with his title of the new Captain America, even though Steve Rogers has recently been revived to his full strength and has agreed to share the name with Sam as well, even though many find Wilson undeserving of the title
3: um another fuck you moment from the finale when she shows up in her comic accurate costume at the very end it's like oh no it's not okay
1: <laughs> when she has that hairdo all the way up yeah you know it was it was okay cuz it was just like it wasn't they do a really good job of putting the comic accurate costumes and tasteful moments with the exception of diamondback I mean, like, when Luke Cage breaks out of prison and then he's just, like, looks like a runaway slave and they sort of dress him up how his real comic book costume would be, and you go, okay, yeah, that looks ridiculous. When Misty Knight does it, it's sort of like, okay, that's just, like, her nightclub outfit to look like a a night a nightclub floozy. And then, like, they casually put in Jessica Jones' outfit, and, you yep. know, they made Daredevil's work. And that's all I can really remember. Uh, Punishers is easy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, moving on to Willis Diamondback Striker. Luke Cage here for hire number one. Archie Goodwin, George Tuska, 1972. Childhood friend and future partner in petty gang crime of Carl Lucas. Willis Stryker gained the street name Diamondback through his expertise of knives, including trick knives, such as the ones that explode or cause sonic waves. Tension came... Literally just a noisy knife. <laughs> <laughs> Tension came about in the fr- in their friendship when Stryker's girlfriend, Reva Connors, leaves Willis in fear of his gang activities and seeks solace in Carl Lucas. Of course, Luke Cage. Willis resents Carl for this and plants drugs on him stolen from Cotton Mouse Mafia, which leads to his long imprisonment. The Mafia come hunting for the stolen drugs, only to find Reva and settle for maiming and killing her. When Carl Lucas re-emerges as Luke Cage, he confronts Diamondback in a fight that ends with one of DB's own trick knives killing him. Poetic. We're going to move on to, finally, Luke Cage, Power Man. As I've said before, Luke Cage here for hire number one, Archie Goodwin, George Tuska, and also credited John Romina Sr. for the art of the character. Uh, the first black protagonist to be featured as the titular character of his own book, even though Black Panther and Falcon had been around since 1966 and 1969, respectively. They didn't have their own book? No. uh, Falcon was Captain America's sidekick. Sure. And, you know, he kind of... There was Captain America and Falcon, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't a Falcon book. Sure. Uh, And there was also Jungle Action, as well as Black Panther got moved to Fantastic Four and... Avengers but never never his own series or oh, never his own book not until after 1972 huh interesting mm-hmm. Luke Cage was the first on the Marvel side I think actually overall you think he also beat out Black Lightning by a few years too
2: I think he just beats out Black Lightning at every <laughs> level
3: <laughs>
1: um, as well as the John Stewart Green Lantern was one of those 70s characters um the show did a wonderful job displaying his origin uh in prison he subjects himself to the wild experiments of dr noah bernstein or rack of, or rack of metals and boom instant superpowers such the iconic political message of a bulletproof black man in harlem uh becomes the driving force of the book uh he becomes a hero for hire willing to help everyone for a price and uh, teams up with Iron Fist, becomes one of the most iconic New York City street-level crime fighters. Really, the social progressivism doesn't really get involved with the big Marvel crossover giant hullabaloo bugs that happen. There was a big street-level crossover with the Marvel Shadowlands series that came out in 2010, where Daredevil returns as the like head of the hand and starts... like in enacting martial law in new york city's hell's kitchen district and then of course all the street level crime fighters around that area get involved and a lot of stuff goes down eventually luke cage retires from the power man mantra to give it to victor alvarez and just becomes luke cage he's been head of a few different avengers teams but mostly he's just sort of been around man he's the guy he's he's
2: doing his own thing he's your
1: hero for hire you call him when you need to get stuff done uh, he hasn't gone through tremendous big arcs. I mean, he has a kid with Jessica Jones, but uh, outside of that, man, he's just he's had a long history. that's for sure. He's been involved because he's such an iconic black hero, just much like Black Panther and Falcon have been around for a long time, and they try not to, you know, be defined by other white characters such as Black Panther who was tied directly to the Fantastic Four, and
2: Falcon, of course, tied to. Captain America. The whitest superhero ever. <laughs> Pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> also, Black Lightning was 1977. Oh, where he got his own or was created? His own. Black <laughs> Lightning, number one. Okay.
1: Boom. Mm. He did beat him out. Hey, he beat him out by five years. Man. Yeah. All right. So that's all I got on comic books. We can move on to the hefty section this week, which is music. Take it, Skyler.
3: Hefty, hefty, hefty. All right. Music for Luke Cage is done by the duo of Adrian Young and Ali Shaheed Muhammad. I believe the latter of those two is part of A Tribe Called Quest. Oh, nice. And uh, Adrian Young, I think, is just a, a prominent music producer. So. Mm-hmm. Together, they crafted a score that uh, throws back a lot to the kind of, how you say, black exploitation sound of the 70s. Much like when this... Uh, uh, comic series first debuted so let's get our first taste of that with the uh, theme from the cage
1: Say that's more '90s hip hop or black exploitation '70s kind of d- disco setup. It,
2: it felt very '70s to me.
3: Yeah. Okay. To me, it feels very '70s. But according to uh the showrunner and the uh, composers, uh they described the music as a '90s hip hop vibe with a lot of different musical uh, appearances. So I guess you can. It, it also had know, that '90s vibe
2: up. to it. And I mean, the guy from a tribe called Quest did. Work on it, <laughs> and like a tribe called Quest. It's hard to name a more important hip hop crew from the early '90s. Run DMC. You could, I said. Okay, it's it's easy because there were so many. <laughs> there were so many. Like hip hop in the early '90s was awesome, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. a tribe called Quest, like it doesn't get much bigger than that. Toto. Yeah, yeah.
3: In making this uh, music, they were, um, I believe, the quote was they were setting out to make something that was unapologetically black, which, you know, (laughs) I'd say that's it. I've got a lot of little fun facts about this, but uh, before I get into that, let's listen to the next track, uh, Street Cleaning.
1: there's a lot of fun moments in in the show where they just sort of stop and let the music pick up the slack of the the dialogue that is currently lacking
3: <laughs> I think a big moment was in I think it was the fifth episode when he's going around uh, trying to get you know so-and-so's ring back or get the money back that was that's been stolen by cotton mouth people mm-hmm. just walking around town in a fly ass suit while this is playing in the background <laughs> yeah by the way that suit is like way too small for him but it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't matter actually if you look at the uh episode titles for all of these all thirteen episodes they are named after albums by the uh, east Coast rap group gangstar what yeah look it up It's fun stuff and then I think the other little fun fact I dug up about this is um for the series finale, or well, I don't know if it's a series finale, season finale, uh, instead of Sharon Jones and the Dap King, their plan was originally to have uh, Prince be Aww. the performing artist. Bummer. And and the uh, swear jar was actually a nod directly to uh, uh, one that Prince had at Paisley Park. Oh,
1: that's so cool.
3: That is pretty cool. But I think they... You know, given the circumstances, they delivered a pretty good final performance, too. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> enough of that. Uh, next truck on the docket is Diamondback's Trap. I don't think it's too much of a stretch to say that uh, this is the most musically prominent of the Netflix Marvel shows thus far.
1: I was just about to say that. For sure. Yeah, definitely, 100%. And
3: not to say that, you know, first two seasons of Daredevil or Jessica Jones are bad. I mean, they'd certainly have some good tracks on their score albums now that they're finally all released. But it feels like there's a moment almost every episode here to be like, you know, that was awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. The music is so tied to the show. One
2: one of the one of the my least favorite things about Marvel movies in general is that the scores are all weak and generally Mm samey. And then like if you ask me to hum like the Ant-Man theme, I'd have no idea.
1: Yeah, I think there are a couple yeah. that stand out there. Like, Iron Man 3 tends to stick out to me, and so does, like... Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, the original sure, Avengers, sure. and Winter Soldier are like, that's it. That's all I've got. Sure, but... Hum- oh, and of course, that Captain America First
2: Avengers.
3: <laughs> right, that's the
2: only one you can actually hum, though. That's true, it's true. I love that. But but this just has so many great musical moments in it. <laughs>
3: Speaking of which, as we mentioned several times throughout, um, one of the great things is that you get these little musical interludes with the uh, performers who are at the uh, Harlem's Paradise Club. Uh, I don't feel like it would be complete without it playing at least one of those. I would have picked the Charles Bradley one if I knew it. It annoyed Maurer so much. No, um,
1: dude, you picked the best one. This gives me I, an opportunity thought, to play Method Man at the end, because otherwise I was going to play this one.
3: I glad you agree, because this was by far my favorite musical moment from the entire show. Um, It's uh, Jadena's Long Live the Chief. Here we go, baby. Bang,
0: bang. Long live the chief. Niggas fighting over rain. Niggas want to be the game. Long live the chief. Yeah, watch pretty mama while I slay my cane. Long live the chief. Uh. Cockroaches in the ratchet, uh, hand me downs with the patches. Mama put a little money in the matches Taught me how to make a silver spoon out of plastic. You can either sink, swim, or be the captain. Get the last word, I'ma get the last laughing. Now they say depend on why you're dressing so classy I don't want my best dress day in a casket. You can either leave, follow, or get out the way. Make a fucking move, it will make my fucking day. Gotta. Year plan, you just think about the day. I always been about time, more than been about big girl up with me. Use could have run with me. she come to find you, you'll come for me. At best, you could run a little company, nigger. At worst, I could run the whole country. That's right. game
3: like a though. So I'm writing a uh, best music moments of TV and movies for the end of the year. There's no way that's not on it. That
1: song? It's a banger. It is amazing.
3: It's so lit. I love it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm currently watching The Wire as well. Oh, yeah. And so, by the way, five actors who were in Luke Cage were also in The Wire. Play I Spy.
3: <laughs> Spot oh, wow. them
1: all. One including Method Man, of course.
3: Huh. On a slightly sillier note, um, two main actors from The Wire are in uh, Finding Dory. What in the same scene? It's hilarious. Th- um, it oh, look! They're the seals. They're, yeah, they're the seals. Idris Elba and Dominic West.
1: Do- Dominic West is the other seal. Yep. I yep, didn't yep. know that. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Mcnulty it's and like Strummer mo- Bell.
3: <laughs> it's the most inside joke you can possibly think of in a Pixar movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that is all right uh what you got left for music to
3: to, to spit it uh, just saying that it's awesome and that I left the uh the song that was written for the show uh Bulletproof Man featuring Method Man for the end so Boom. look around for that guys
2: song with the chief all right here we go science here we go science what what
1: topics you want have you ever wondered how much Luke Cage weighs i do now yeah absolutely <laughs> oh. give me your best guess Okay, so the average man of, how tall is he, about 6'3"? He prob- probably at least 6'3". At least 6'3", pretty built.
2: Pretty pretty buff.
1: So around 250 pounds. Okay, so like- For like a
2: basic man about his size. So, so like the size of your average like offensive lineman.
1: Uh, yeah, That's a that's a bit smaller than an offensive lineman, I'd say. Is it? I know nothing about football. <laughs> They're around 300. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, okay, so
2: like, so uh...
1: like a- yeah, defensive end. Sure. He's a defensive yeah, end. Or a That's tight a- end. Yeah, yeah, about that. Mm-hmm. All right,
2: so. Um, he, Mike Coulter does have a tight end. Uh, whoa. Hey, hey, hey. There we go. So we can actually get a pretty good lower bound on how big he actually is. Uh-huh. Because uh, there's a scene where he picks up, what's his name, Zip? Zip. Yeah, he picks up Zip. Zipity doo dah And he holds him, picks him up by the neck, holds him up in the air, way off the ground, and Zip goes way up, and Luke Cage doesn't lean back at all. Oh. So that means that based on where his center of gravity is and like the relative lengths of everything, well, ba- basically you can figure out Okay, you, how much he weighs. Um, and you did this? I did not, but I found a pretty good article okay. describing how it can be done. Uh, basically, there's two things um, that have to be, that you need. Uh, One is Newton's first law. Sure. So, force equals mass times acceleration. Yep. So, if something's not accelerating, there have to be no forces acting on it. Okay. So, he's he's lifting up this guy, so the force of his arm pushing up, yep, equals the force of gravity pushing down. Pushing down. Uh, The other is basically Newton's second law, again. Okay. But this time with rotation. So, the torque around his arm has to be zero as well. Oh. So he has this guy, he's holding up and out. Yep. And that's pushing on his arm like a lever. So his body weight has to pull the opposite direction on that lever so that it stays in one place. Yeah, every action has an opposite reaction. That's Newton's third law. We're yeah. talking about Newton's second law. Yeah, but I mean, it's kind of like, you know, the, there's equal fulcrums. I yeah, because nothing's moving. Yes. So if he's pushed, if his arm is being pulled down mm-hmm. like a lever by this guy's weight. The other, he has to be pushing his arm up. To compensate to, that. Yeah. Exactly.
1: So, you know, old fa- forces acting against each other.
2: Yep. Yep. So, and if you if you look at this, you know, the, a frame from the scene where he's holding Zip up in the air, and you, we know how much the actor who plays Luke Cage is tall. Okay. Yeah, he's about 1.9 meters. And if you estimate the mass of Zip... At about seventy-five kilograms, more or less, which is the height or this is the size of like an average dude. You can you can go through these torque and force calculations, and you can solve for Luke Cage's mass. Okay, and it turns out he weighs over four hundred pounds. Oh, (laughs) Jesus! All right, so so don't get on an elevator with him. Quite a bit, quite a bit more massive than your average man, even a really tall, really buff dude.
1: No, but, I mean, like, that's still not terribly huge. Like, that still weighs out to be, like, what you would expect of a dude with super strength. He's sure. not, like, the thing, because I think they
2: measured out the thing to be around 900 pounds. Yeah.
1: Because, like, he could still move.
2: Yeah. And, again, this is, this is a lower bound, because if you... We don't know exactly where his center of gravity is. Mm-hmm. So, if it's in a different spot, then, you know, maybe the lever that his arm makes between this, his center of mass and Zip's center of mass is longer so that would mean he'd have to do more torque, so he'd have to weigh more. But okay. probably around 400 pounds. All right. And by the way, I looked up Mike Coulter's height. Yeah? 6'3". Okay. Well, I am 1.9 meters, I just told you. <laughs> 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 oh, boy, I can't, can't convert from empirical to the good kind of units in your head. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, mm. Standard SI? Yes.
1: Okay. Uh now, do you have
2: anything on the Judas bullet? Oh, not really. Okay. In-universe, it was made from the metal from the aliens that invaded New York in The Avengers 1.
1: Mostly, I'm also looking for a bill- bullet that can also drill. If you launch something at someone, does it have the ability to stop on impact and still have
2: a motor that can start drilling and then explode? If you are literally made of ice, then <laughs> yes. Okay. Because... Bullets, you know, they're they're. It's called rifling, and they they're designed to spin yes. when they leave the when they leave the barrel. So that slug, they go improves, straight. Yeah, so they go straight and they don't fly off in a random direction like muskets, like muskets would. <laughs> um, so it is it is spinning around very fast, and if you shoot it at ice at the right angle, it will drill into the ice, mm-hmm. and the the heat of it spinning around will melt the ice and it will drill into it. Okay, but I mean, like <laughs> you. There's not, like, a grenade
1: that's kind of built like that even. I know they made it like a bullet. There's nothing that small that also has a motor and an explosive device in it. Not to my knowledge. Yeah, I don't know much about military technology. I I don't either. And they do have some crazy stuff, but it just
2: doesn't seem too plausible. I mean, the closest thing I could think would be a hollow point bullet, which is designed to, like shatter when it impacts and so it, it it goes everywhere it goes everywhere it makes a big nasty hole
1: yeah so but, but i mean that's on impact
2: yeah it doesn't stop on impact
1: zzz, and then explode no yeah no that seems a little it just explodes yeah ridiculous the fact that you that uh, something could remain intact after being moving 700 miles per hour and then stopping
2: yeah, well that's why yeah. they had to make it out of alien unobtainium. Vibranium? <laughs> Vibranium. No, no, it was it was, it was the incident m- metal. Incident metal. Oh, that's even dumber. Because it was from yeah. the incident. Yeah. Which was, you know, the New York attack. It's it's not as dumb as when in Avatar they literally called it unobtainium.
3: <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of plausible and dumb stuff, um, I'm guessing we have nothing to say on the process by which they get that bullet out of him, which involves <laughs> like a lot of acid.
1: Yeah, there was this highly scientific moment that you totally missed. Yeah, where they dipped him completely in acid in order to loosen his skin, and then you know shoot a syringe and just like get a you know, dislodge the bullet out of his system. Huh, interesting. Yeah, you should have finished the show so you could yeah. actually have something to talk about, Ben.
2: Whoa, I'm sorry. <laughs> It's all right. Um <laughs> now I'm sadder than your dog that you gave away. <gasps> I didn't give him away. He was adopted by a very nice family. Yes, he was. Okay. Barry is happy where he is. Barry is uh, such a sweet dog though. He
1: Aww. he was. I don't know if he is anymore. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about him anymore. Yeah, cuz Bob and Linda there told Minnesota. <laughs> Paul and Meg. Very <laughs> Minnesotan names. Very, yeah. That's all I remember about what you told me about them. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, I
1: Listeners, I fostered a dog for three weeks. His name was Barry. He was adorable. And just yesterday, he went to his adoptive family. His forever home. His forever home. So tears were shed. We said our goodbyes. Can't wait to foster a new dog. Simply as that. Okay, enough about that. We're talking about Luke Cage. Luke Cage. And we've got no guest section fun facts tonight, but, okay, there are definitely drinking game rules. For (laughs) sure there are some shit that happens repetitively in this show. Number one I bring to your attention, take a drink every time Shades takes off his
2: shades to try and look serious. Are we sipping Hennessy? Yes. All right.
1: Uh, and malt liquor. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. God. Yours was racist.
1: No. Mine was slightly
2: less racist. Okay. <laughs> yes. Oh. I will accept that.
3: <laughs> God. <laughs> Just ashamed.
2: Hold on. What's what's the what's the hold on? Um Are you, twist are uh... you literally googling blackest liquor right now? <laughs> I'm, no. <laughs> I'm I'm typing Twista uh, Verse slow jams. There we go. Okay, I was just being a jerk, pretending I could see your computer. No, you, you can't. <laughs> oh my God. I know, because it's facing this way, and yeah. I'm on this side of the divider. Skylar, drinking <laughs> game rule. I know you have, like, three.
3: Take a drink every time Mariah Dillard has, like, an epic freak out. <laughs> yes. Get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> Get out.
1: I didn't want it! I didn't want any of it!
3: <laughs> you wanted it.
1: Uh, take uh, a nice a nice sip of cognac when every time Mar uh, Marishid Ali uh, Mahershala Mahershala Ali yeah. laughs. Oh it, he stole mine. <laughs> well how see if can you can you imitate it? Uh, 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 uh
2: it Sound like Count Chocula. It's
1: how he laughs
2: it's honestly how he does it.
1: Huh. Ha! ha! I can't...
2: He's, his voice is too deep. It's too rich and creamy. That. <laughs> you should take a drink when I got you looking at the gliss on my hands and wrists while I'm laying back, smoking on my cannabis. When it comes to rocking the rhythm like Marvin and Luther, I can tell you ain't no messing with conman and Twist from The Chai and I be sipping on Hennessy, play some R&B, and trying and to smoke and be You Can't Fuck With Me, feeling on a G... All is well, 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 well. Was Is that from the show at all? Come with me and sip on some Evelyn Champagne. You ain't no Twista can work it like the Whispers. Is that Nellie's ride with Hit me? Hit the stoplight. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> obviously (laughs) hit the stoplight get into some Isleys the rim's still moving so I'm bumping a little spinners while I'm smoking on a B
1: hey must be the money
2: this this (laughs) is fucking slow jams by Kanye West featuring Jamie Foxx and Twister you savage
3: (laughs) filthy casual
2: (laughs) oh my goodness although he does talk about smoking a B in yeah in, in Ride With Me you
1: got to take a drink every time
2: uh zip tries to move up in the world. Make yourself a tea out of marijuana oh, are, and your legally obtained are, medical marijuana every time a B is shown on screen. A B? A B is a marijuana cigarette. I don't I don't think they smoked a lot of marijuana on Luke Cage. No, they don't. Yeah, they don't smoke
1: any. <laughs> yeah. But just do they even do a little heroin
3: or crack? Or any real there was, drug use? There was some junkie who was like in one of the safe houses oh. and Misty Nights was like, did you see what he looked like? He was fine.
1: I guess you gotta, the, you gotta take a drink every time someone says, I ain't seen
3: shit.
2: Yeah.
1: And then you have there to trademark it. much
3: better. <laughs> That's right. Much better than mine. <laughs> 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 take a drink every time you think Luke Cage might just be a bit of a hoe.
1: <laughs> he is such a hoe! Does he sleep with every single... Okay. Did... Did Matt Murdock ever make out with Claire Temple?
3: Yes.
2: Uh, he did hit it from the back to the melody of Roll It Slow. Did he make out with Claire Temple?
1: Shit, I totally forgot. All right, never mind. I thought Luke Cage was the first. Because I know Jessica Jones didn't, but, I mean. <laughs> Claire Temple seems to be, like, the the roving, like, let's make out with every superhero I find kind of character now. For, I mean, I would, Honestly. <laughs> with like, that's Luke not... Cage? Uh, yes.
3: Oh. Definitely. Also, you... also you have to um, take a sip of coffee for each one of these. We,
1: what? Each one of what?
3: The Luke Cage being the oh. big old man's slut.
2: Oh,
1: a hot coffee moment.
3: Oh, yeah, I get, it. Mm-hmm. I get it.
1: Even if you don't like coffee.
2: Yeah, fuck you, then.
1: Strip a little... Kahlua no, that's like there. from the line, you know, he doesn't like coffee. Oh, no, that's right. Finish the bottle when... Diamondback appears in his outfit
0: mm. Oh boy
1: Fuck That Bitch. That's definitely a low point point. And then the whole Harlem brawl Where everyone's just like sort of standing around Cheering as Luke Cage puts the beat down It's sort of surreal Cause it doesn't it, it feels like that's kind of what a Harlem beat down Would be like but the cops would also be there Cause Luke Cage is still a wanted fugitive that didn't, that didn't change? <laughs> nope. Also, freaking Pop's Barbershop is never going to get put back together and stay that way. It's a comfortable no. thing. When, when it breaks the second time, I was like, fucking really? And then, of course, uh, Bobby Fisher is just like, can you guys take this outside? No. Yeah, you can, you dumb shits. Take it outside. <laughs> it's fucking Pop's Barbershop. It. You already broke the fucking windows. Okay, that's enough today.
3: They already uh, broke the owner.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Too soon. Ooh, Frankie Faison, rest in peace, even though you're still alive. Uh yep. Faison? Faison. Frankie. Yes. <laughs> Looks like that'll wrap it up today, fan, Super Movie Studies is recorded and produced in the studios of KMSU in Mankato, Minnesota.
2: Are we allowed to say that? Do they know we're here? <laughs>
1: Well, it's not untrue, but it's also more true than Try Up Cop Productions. Sure. (laughs) We don't do this remotely anymore. We're in this studio again. Uh, Be
2: for yourself. Secretly. Super secret. What's not a secret is our current rating on iTunes, which has not moved because no one's been rating us. Also, it's not been moving because everyone rates us five stars because we're fucking great. (laughs) Uh, Subscribe to us. New episodes come out every Monday. On iTunes or wherever you get your podcast.
3: And while you're at it, check out our Twitter feed at SuperLetterMStudies. Let us know.
1: Develop a street name for either Ben, Skyler, myself, or any guest appearing on the show. Because everybody in this show had a street name, whether it was Misty, Shades, Luke Cage, Diamondback, Cottonmouth, Black Mariah, Scarf, yeah, Scarf. Um, snarf, snarf. Snarf, Sure. <laughs> Develop a street name for one of the hosts of this show. Hashtag Diamond Back It Up. <laughs> or something. Sure. All right. Hashtag Diamond Back It Up. Thank you, Ben. Back it up.
3: <laughs> extra point to it, to whoever gives us like snake-themed names. Snake-themed Cotton names. Cottonmouth, Diamondback. They're all like snakes. Shades.
2: Uh you know the snake shades
3: oh sure yeah uh
2: <laughs> referring to the shaded taipan <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: all right they that's to gonna... the queensland all right we're done Australia? <laughs> uh, we're running out of steam like this show does <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that'll do it today i'm your host michael mauer
3: james keller how'd smell?
2: and ben anderson
1: Thank you and have
0: a sweet Christmas. Of a week. This is the barrel on your the job before he's kind with the dead lord. Who the call when no one obeys the law and there ain't no Iron Man to come and save the soul? Power to the people and Luke cage the cause and the cops got it wrong. We don't think cage involved. Look, dawg, a hero never had one Already took Malcolm and Martin, this is the last one I beg your pardon, somebody pulling a fast one Now we got a hero for hiring, he a black one And bullet hole hoodies is the fast yard We in Holland's paradise, tell done That I'm about to trade the mic for a mad magnum Give up my life to trade Vaughn to have one Cheer, cause this is bulletproof love And you already know what a bulletproof does So you can take it from a bulletproof thug The hood got his back, dog. bulletproof love the blood thicker than mud And who am I to judge if you get a gun in the club Cause you already know what a bulletproof does When the hood got you backed off Bulletproof